everybody, with Formula 2 now halfway through the year, it's about time we review the season so far, isn't it? This is the F2 Show, I'm your host Fraser Ford, and joining me to review the Formula 2 action from 2023 so far, we have Aaron Harper and Jenny Craig. Welcome both. Uh, Aaron, I can't believe we're we're halfway through the season already. It's uh, it's flown by, hasn't it? Only a couple of months, but uh, yeah, it's gone quickly. It's a little bit scary, actually, how quick this season is passing. And with the million races that Formula One are doing, I mean, uh, Formula Two have only done, what, six or seven races? Because obviously Imola was cancelled. So it doesn't feel like very many at all. But of course, they have two rounds on a weekend so or two races on a weekend. So they've had twice as many opportunities to win races this year. Exactly that. 12 races so far this season. And Jenny, there's been some really good racing so far, hasn't there? It's uh, It's been a good one. It's been a good season as 2023 so far. Yeah, it's definitely a lot more competitive than this time last year with Drogovic winning as much as he did. So it's good to see a bit of competition between the Premiers and the ARTs. It has been good, hasn't it? And I think there's only one place to start, really, Jenny, isn't there? And that is obviously the championship battle. Frederick Vesti, Teo Porsche, Hume uh, Owasa's not too far away, is he? Battling for the title so far this season. And uh, yeah, it's been an entertaining battle. And uh, Fred Vesti's, uh, yeah, he's he's kind of put himself in a position where I think a lot of people pre-season were saying Teo Porsche, Hume uh, Owasa, maybe Jack Doohan as well, a few people um mentioned him as a title contender i'm not mentioning any names emily sands but i'm not uh and aaron harper as well actually that was uh one of your predictions wasn't it uh but uh i'm not calling you out i'm not calling you out uh but um yeah fred resty was a name that wasn't really mentioned and yeah and and, and he's, he's kind of put himself in the in the battle for the championship hasn't he yeah i remember you asking me after australia if i thought that he was a championship contender and i actually said no and yeah, he's just been a lot more consistent than I thought he would be. I thought that that would be what had let him down. So yeah, it's been good to see that he can get the steady results that you need to make a championship. Absolutely. Aaron, are you surprised at his consistency? Um, and uh, yeah, I guess uh, we've mentioned Jack Dewan already and he was your prediction pre-season. Maybe surprised that he isn't amongst the title contenders so far? I, just, I don't think we should be surprised by Vesti's performance because he showed in Formula 3 that he, he had it. Um, obviously, his performance last year in Formula 2 with ART alongside Theo Porcher was a little bit up and down, but that's to be expected from a first-year attempt in Formula 2. It's a super competitive series to be involved in. And I think there's something to be said for Vesti going back to Prima. And we saw it last year with Drogovic going back to MP Motorsport in an environment where it's comfortable and it all just works. And I think we, we all looked past that with with Vesti because of maybe his inconsistency last year at ART and Prema also not having such a strong 2022 and they are absolutely bang on it this year back to being like the Mercedes of Formula 2 if you will they are just all conquering they've won three of the last four rounds I think so four races sorry um they're on a real roll and to see Fred up there he's a Mercedes junior they don't pick slow drivers to put in their junior category. Vesti's obviously delivering. He's at the top of the championship and he's he's in the pound seat at the moment. Yeah, and I was going to mention Prima, Jenny, because, yeah, they had a disappointing 2022 by their own standards, that is. Um, yeah, it seems like they are back, aren't they? And they're back for good. Yeah, I remember the start of the season, it was looking a bit... They were struggling with tyres, I think. Rene Rosin spoke to our gym um, at Spain and he was really happy as you would be winning both of the both the races 
and get in pole position. So they're doing exactly what they need to do to win. They are indeed. Uh, that is the championship contenders so far. And a name we haven't mentioned is, of course, Ollie Behrman. Uh, just outside of the championship battle, 40 points back. Uh, but he's had two feature race wins this season. Uh, and a yeah, pretty outstanding weekend in Baku, wouldn't it, Aaron? Uh, should we be mentioning him in the championship battle? Um, it, yeah, 40 points isn't too much in the grand scheme of things, given how many races we've got left, right? I don't think... Oli Behrman is out of the championship hunt just yet because his pace all through the season has been very, very strong. Uh, I would say out of the three that have come up from Formula 3 and been sort of expected to do well and gone into what you'd consider front-running cars in Formula 2, you've got Arthur Leclerc in the Dams, Oli Behrman in Prima, and you've got Victor Martins in the ART. Martins and Behrman have been incredibly quick um, not always getting their results. Leclerc, for me, hasn't quite shown what he needs to show to, to almost back the hype because obviously he's he's in the shadow of his his older brother Charles, who's racing for Ferrari, and that that's a difficult shadow to get out from. But Oli Behrman has been fantastic. His three victories back that up. Topping every session in Baku was just incredible. No other driver had ever done that in Formula Two history, and if if say a Porsche had done it, or perhaps uh, another driver, second or third season, you'd have gone, okay, yeah, cool. Because they've got the the experience to do that. They've managed their way through a weekend, picked their way through. Oli Behrman is a rookie in Formula 2. And to pull that off, I think that shows serious talent. Not to mention he took pole position in Baku, where you're doing 200 miles an hour with a bent steering rack. I mean, that would terrify me just going down my street at 30 miles an hour. So kudos to him just for that. Yeah, and I think that's the thing, isn't it? That with Felipe Dragovic last year, when he won the double in uh, Barcelona, um, I think people were impressed. It was a seriously you know, impressive weekend. But in his third season, right? And for Oli Behrman to do that in his rookie season just makes it even more impressive, doesn't it? And, and does it put him up there with the likes of Charles Leclerc, George Russell in terms of, yeah, really, you know, dominating, not dominating in terms of the championship, but dominating a weekend or numerous weekends in his rookie season, Aaron? Yeah, I mean, you can draw that comparison, but there's, there's still a long way to go. So the fact that he's now going to back that up with another pole position and victory around Barcelona, which is a track that they all know. They did testing there not too long ago. So that that shows that he's able to dial into different tracks. It wasn't just like a, okay, Prima put the car on the track, it worked, and he was able to get the most out of it on that specific circuit. He's now gone and shown that he can do it around what you might call a proper racing track. It is a classic circuit in the fact that it's wide in terms of the track width. There's lots of runoff. There's not that peril of, bashing into a wall and damaging his steering rack. But, you know, there's still other things that go around there. It's a very high-speed circuit. And the uh, the, the, new, well, the revised layout, going back to the fast double right-hander, that takes, you know, an amount of commitment and confidence in the car to be able to pull out the lap and keep the tyres together. So, you know, he's shown every facet of what you need to be a top racing driver in whatever series he ends up in, because Formula 1 is super competitive to get into. And by the way, he's a Ferrari junior and they've just won them on. So maybe, you know, WEC is where he'll end up. But, you know, he's shown that he's got all of the tools in the toolbox. Um, whether he goes and wins the championship this year or not, I think he's shown enough to show that he, he's got a, a bright future in, in motorsport. 
In terms of that link to Ferrari, we'll, I, I asked this on the uh, Barcelona Review podcast, uh, and I'm going to ask it again. Um, will Ferrari be looking at Oli Behrman already for, for Formula One in 2024? Uh, or do you think they will, not in terms of going into the main Ferrari seat, obviously, but in terms of placing him with um, a, you know, a Salva Alfa Romeo or a Haas, or will they be be having a look uh, at options in the driver market, or do you think they'll give him another season in Formula Two, depending on how the second half of the season goes, Jenny? I don't think it'd be a good idea. Just seeing what happened with Sargent this year, I think if he'd have had another year in F two, I think he was pushed in a bit too early. Um, I don't think he's shown what he can fully do in F one, and the same with Sonoda. He, in his first year, everyone was questioning why he got his seat. Obviously, he's shown now exactly why, and people that watched F2 knew why, because he did an amazing job in his rookie season. But I think it takes a really, really special kind of driver to go into F1 after one season of F2, and I think it can be really harmful to their career as well if it doesn't go how they want to, and especially with Ferrari, they don't really give second chances. And I think it'd be better for him if he did really well this season and then won it next year. I think that would be better for his career. And I think as well, he's still, is he 17 or 18? Just turned 18, he's, yeah. He's still very young. I don't think that would be the right move for him personally. Wasn't Max Verstappen a race winner by this point though? I mean, come on. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess that's the thing, right? And it, it shows the real the the minimum rules of these type of drivers that you have a Max Verstappen, a, a George Russell, a Charles Leclerc, an Oscar Piastri, whereby they only do one season in Formula Formula Two. They've stepped up. Well, Max Verstappen obviously didn't, uh, but you know the the caliber of driver in that they 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 do one season in, a, in a, and do really well in a rookie season, and they step up into Formula One and they can swim, can't they? And I guess that. Um, it's, it's, it's working out whether Oli Behrman is that calibre of driver or whether he needs one more season uh, in order to, um, you know, really find his feet and um, and um, finesse his driving ability in order for him to to have a really good uh, that rookie season in Formula 1, whether that be in 2024 or 2025. And I think the second half of this season for Oli Behrman is, is, is massive. And if he does really push on and gets very close to, if not wins, the title. And it, it very much depends on the driver market as well, right? I mean, Haas, for me, aren't going to be looking at taking a rookie on. I think they're very happy with Kevin Magnussen and Nico Hülkenberg. I think they probably uh, learnt that rookies maybe aren't the way to go or a bit of dangerous way to go from uh, having Mick Schumacher, uh, Nikita Mazepin, obviously, in, in the car um, in uh, 2021. So I think... Yeah, Ferrari would struggle to put him in a house. Would they put him in an Alfa Romeo? Maybe. They've got Teo Porsche also knocking on the door. So I think that in terms of the driver market, it's a really big second half of the season for the likes of um, Teo Porsche uh, and Oli Behrman, isn't it, Aaron, to see who goes where in Formula 1. If anyone goes anywhere in Formula 1, it's such a competitive market out there at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of a bad time to be a top Formula 2 driver, isn't it? Because there's not it really any Formula 1 seats available there is though the alternatives of formula e we're seeing more drivers go across there and uh there's always indycar we've seen christian lungard go out there he's had a pole position 
around the uh, Indianapolis uh, road course. Callum Eilot's out there, and so is Marcus Armstrong. So there's avenues for drivers to go now. It's not F1 or bust. If you don't quite make it to Formula One, there's a way to go and find your home in motorsport. And Nick DeVries has shown that if you do well enough and the market kind of goes in your way, you can always make it back to Formula One. So never say never. You know, obviously Ferrari are a powerful brand within motorsport. So who knows where drivers like Oli Behrman and Fred Vesti and Theo Porcher will end up because Ferrari going into Le Mans and all these other brands are going to go and pop up in different series. Who knows where these drivers will end up? Definitely. Um, I want to cast back to the beginning of the season uh, when we did our uh, yeah pre-season, get your words out, Fraser, pre-season predictions. Um, and I heard a lot of uh, Ollie Behrman mentioned. I heard Victor Martins mentioned. A name that I didn't hear mentioned was Kush Maney. Uh, what a start to the season he's had. Uh, second highest placed rookie. I'm just looking at the standings now. We're only, only 21 points behind Oli Behrman, who's the, the highest placed rookie. He's ahead of Zane Maloney, Victor Martins, who are, again, rookies that were that mentioned as um, yeah, maybe even long shots for, for the title. Um, how surprised are you with how well he's done, Jenny? And, um, you know, I, yeah, it's, it's just been brilliant, hasn't it? Yeah, I think we all are. When he was in F3, he wasn't really... A name that was up there like Martans, Hadjar and Behrman were. So for him to come into F2 the way that he has, and with Campos as well, which is a team that haven't really been doing well recently, he's come in, he's scored in all but one. one. Race. Yeah, you are right, yep. Um, which is incredible when you think how competitive it's been this year. And he always seems to be there or thereabouts just off the podium but consistently getting them points, which is what I think is exactly what Campos need to get themselves back up. They've had a win this year, but I think next year they'd be wanting more after how much Boshan's been helping them develop. Definitely, and Kush himself saying that he's obviously learnt a lot from being alongside Ralph Boshong, um, yeah, in the campos, which is really good. And yeah, as you've said, uh, only uh, up until Barcelona, he was only one of three drivers to have scored points in every single round so far. Uh, obviously, didn't point, in, uh, didn't score points in Barcelona. A bit of a disappointing weekend, but still an unbelievable start of the season. Um, and yeah, the only two drivers to have scored points in every single round so far, Aaron, uh, are now Dennis Hauger and Richard Vashaw. Um, and how do you think Dennis Hauger will be, um, uh, yeah, maybe assessing the, the start of the season? Obviously, he was a, a name that was mentioned for the, for the title. Do you think he'll be disappointed with his start to the season, that he's not higher up the standings? Or do you think he'll be saying, you know what, I've had a really bad start to the season? but I'm still fifth in the standings and I've still scored points in every single race. I've had some bad qualifiers, but I've managed to make my way through the field in every single weekend. You can look at it both ways. It's difficult because on one side, it's probably better than what you had last season in terms of consistency, but he's only had the single victory and it was a sprint race. So he didn't get the big payout for it. Like you say, his qualifying hasn't been as strong as, as others. And he's not the lead Red Bull junior either. Ayumi Uwasa is up in third in the championship. So he's got some work to do in terms of you know putting himself at the front of the queue to get a Red Bull seat when they eventually decide to change their, their driver lineup again. Um, 
So he'll be looking forward to the second half of the season. He'll be targeting a couple of feature race victories. Um, and if he gets them early, say uh, uh, Austria or at Silverstone, then maybe he throws himself into contention for the for the championship. It's a long shot, but, you know, Formula 2 is a wild and competitive series. It could happen. You know, he only needs a couple of DNFs from the guys at the front of the, of the, the championship standings. And, uh, you know, someone putting a couple of wins together will put themselves back into contention. But it's about carrying that form forwards for, for Dennis Hauger. And his number one target needs to be to catch Ayumu Awasa and be the top Red Bull junior because Helmut Marko will be just looking at who's who's the highest placed in Formula 2 and going, yep, you'll do, into the Alpha Tower you go. Absolutely. I'm just looking at his average qualifying for this season. Uh, he's got an average qualifying of 10th, uh, a 4th, a 15th, a 10th, a 5th, a 17th and a 6th. Not exactly the most consistent qualifier, you'd have to say. Uh, we know how good Dennis Hauger is in a race uh, in a race trim. So, uh, yeah, maybe one for, for him to work on. Uh, right. Shall we, shall we have some fun, guys? Shall we have some fun? Uh, we predicted um, a few things pre-season. Um, I think it's fair to say they haven't really gone uh, gone gone to plan. Uh, a lot of people predicting Jack doing, isn't that right, Aaron, uh, for the title? Um, <laughs> I'm not calling you out. I promise. I promise. Um, so yeah, I thought you know halfway through the season, let's make some more predictions. Let's have a bit more fun before the end of the season. Um, so first question, if I could ask you both to uh, name your driver and give a bit of rationale as to why uh, a driver or team, by the way, it could be a team uh, that uh, you could answer uh, and give your rationale as to why you think that driver or team is the answer to the question. So first question, can I ask you, Aaron, we'll come to you first, for the driver who has impressed you the most so far this season? Fred Vesti. It's, it's a very simple answer. He's leading the championship. He's done the best job so far. He's been the most consistent. And that that's why we have a points table, because then you can track consistency in who's doing the best job. Ultimately, the table doesn't lie at any point, generally. Um, it does tend to even itself out. That's a bit of a, a football phrase uh, that we'll use there. But it works for any any uh, series that uses uh, a, a points table. Two wins in feature races, a sprint race win as well. He won Monaco from pole position. You know, it's pretty much been the perfect start to the season for Vesti. He's got an 11-point championship lead. If he just keeps this level of consistency going, he will be very, very difficult to beat. Um, I'd go for Owasa. I wasn't really expecting much from him this year, um, but last year he showed these flashes of pace that he has this year, but I think he's been very consistent this year, apart from a few instances which have lost in points. There's so many of them as well. There's so many Red Bull juniors. That's the one that you want to play his highest in, because I think that's the one next year that could potentially have a seat. I can't really see Joe or Bottas going for Porsche, unfortunately. He's doing very well, I do have to say. And uh, I guess with all of the Red Bull drivers, it's uh, making sure that uh, not only they're good and they're the highest placed Red Bull driver in the Formula 2 series, uh, but also making sure they're that good that they're that, uh, they're impressing more than Liam Lawson is over in Super Formula, right? Which is uh, something to consider. Uh, OK, next question. Who has surprised you the most this season? Jenny, we'll come to you for, for, for that one first. I think I'd go for Vesti. Like I said at the start, I wasn't really thinking he was going to keep his consistency, but he has. 
uh, which proves why he won the championship in Formula Regional. So, yeah, I, I think he's done an amazing job just getting the points where it matters and proving me wrong. <laughs> I, I would go for uh, Oliver Behrman because to be a rookie and to pull off the achievements that he has so far, uh, that shows, as, as we've spoken already at length about Ollie, he's doing an incredible job. I mean, he, he had a pointless first three races, then one point in Jeddah, and then two points at Melbourne. So after three rounds, he'd accumulated three points. And then he went and won both races in Baku and took pole position. So the character's there, as, we, as we've said, everything's there. So I think he's been super impressive. He's probably overperformed what we'd have expected of him. Yeah, I agree with that one. Um, race of the season so far. Aaron, I'll come to you for this one first. The Baku feature race, because the sprint race was pretty crazy. So they had to sort of bear all that in mind and how they're going to approach safety car restarts, the, the propensity for safety cars around Baku and problems. And I think there was a really nice battle at the front between Behrman and Porsche. Um, Porsche was really racy early on, but Behrman, under a little bit of pressure, kept his head, managed the race, and it was a real sort of coming-of-age moment in Formula 2 for Oliver Behrman. And you couldn't really ask for a much tougher opponent behind you in, in Porsche. So, you know, he did really well. And it was a very, very interesting race, a very interesting weekend all round. Uh, mine is the sprint in Baku, because I remember shouting, like, what's going on? And I remember I was writing the report, I was rewinding, pausing everywhere, couldn't figure out what everyone had done on that safety car restart. Five or six of the winners went straight on into the wall at home one. We had that big moment with Martin, where he was on top of another car. It was just chaos. And I remember just thinking, that's what Formula 2 in Baku is about. Just absolute carnage. And I loved it. I do have to say, I'm not giving them my opinion on this, but I'm going to for this one. Um, I, for me, it is the, the the Baku sprint race as well. Just the drama, wasn't it, of going into turn one, uh, all breaking late, and uh, yeah, a bit of a bit of a pile up at turn one. Glad they're all okay. Obviously, all of those drivers were okay, but then the drama after as well between the two Prima drivers and Frederick Vesti coming out in the lead, Ollie Behrman just behind him, and then Ollie Behrman getting him just before the uh, the safety car came out was uh, yeah. Very dramatic uh, and uh, definitely my favourite race of the season so far. But Baku overall, I think there's no doubt that has been the weekend of the season so far, is there? Because they were two great races and, uh, yeah, an exceptional performance by Oli Behrman, which uh, probably put him on the map. And we'll look back in uh, maybe 10, 15 years' time about uh, on Oli Behrman's career. And Baku was the weekend in Formula 2 that really put him on the map. Uh, as a as a top class driver, um, next one then. Um, who needs a better second half of the season, Aaron? Arthur Leclerc. As I said, he's racing in the shadow of his brother. Obviously, Charles is a top Formula One driver, race winner, championship contender last year. Not having the best time in Formula One this year, let's be honest. And Arthur is not having quite the season I thought he might uh, with Dams. And if you compare him to his teammate. Ayumi Owasa up in third. And then you make the comparison towards uh, drivers who've also got uh, got promoted from Formula 3 to Formula 2. Behrman's up in fourth. 
Uh, Kushmini's eighth, Maloney, Martins, all ahead of Leclerc as well. And I haven't seen that stunning pace that I thought might be there. I think there's more to come from him. I really hope we see it because I think in there is a really talented driver. Um, I'm going to go. I was going to say Doom, but I feel like that one's a bit obvious. So I was going to go for a little bit less obvious one and choose Martin. He impressed me so much in both of his years in F3. And then he's come to F2 and he's shown the pace. And I think he's had the most raw pace, in my opinion, in F2 this year. It's just in the races, it's either an incident or just bad luck. Um, that's lost in points and to see him 10th in the standings that's not what I expected yeah he definitely needs a, a strong round ART haven't qualified outside the top eight all season which in Formula 2 is outrageous from them and uh, Teo Porcher hadn't qualified outside the top three until Barcelona uh, last time out or okay, where he qualified fifth which is uh, yeah the consistency in qualifying from ART is uh, almost a little bit ridiculous isn't it probably the best we've seen in the modern era of Formula 2 um, the obvious question uh, but probably the the best question out of the lot Who's going to win the title from here, Jenny? Uh, can I can I push you as well for a driver who's going to win the drivers' uh, stand, uh, title from here, and a team? What team is going to win the team's uh, title from here? Uh, team, I'd put everything on Prima. Um, they've got the two most cons- well, two I think strongest drivers all round this season. Maybe ART as well, but obviously we've said Martin isn't getting the points at the minute. Uh, driver, either Porsche, because I think his experience could really help him in the second half, or I agree with what Lawrence said at the start of the season, that Owasa could do it, because I think he's been, for me, he's been the more complete driver across the whole of the season. And Aaron? Well, that's Fred Vesti champion confirmed because every time that Jenny puts him down, <laughs> he just responds by winning races. Uh, so Vesti's going to win every race from here to the end of the season just to prove Jenny wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> what I would really like to see is Vesti and Porsche put on a bit of a show and pull away from everybody else and have this duel to the end of the season. Because you, you can have too many drivers competing. It can be too much fluctuation. Um, and that, that's something that happens in another series that I watch, which is Formula E. And we, we, we're heading towards the end of that season with four or five drivers still in contention for the championship. I think maybe having four drivers at this point, fine. But as we get a bit closer to the end of the season, I'd like to see Vesti and Porsche sort of turn it into a head-to-head because I think they're the two strongest drivers uh, in terms of experience and speed at the moment. Iwasa's certainly there, but I don't think he's got that qualifying speed that's going to keep him in the hunt. I think he's going to have more weekends, well, a weekend like Baku, where he just qualifies way out of position for what he's capable of and then loses a bunch of points. So Vesti or Porsche, and because Prima are my pick to win the team's title from here, I'm going to say Vesti, but on the team side of things, if Victor Martin starts putting those performances together and putting the points to them that they deserve, there's every reason 
that ART can be optimistic about catching Prima. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, I guess that just confirms, you know, the inside F2 curse that Prima aren't going to win the team standings, uh, that Vesti uh, or Porsche aren't going to win the uh, title. And we'll all be laughing when Dennis Hauger wins the title in uh, November. So, uh, no. Um, by the way, can I uh, can I throw it out there? I, I do still think that Theo Porsche is going to win the title. Uh, and he was my pick pre-season. I'm not bragging or anything, all right? But I think I was one of the only people to say Theo Porsche pre-season. Uh, and he's still my pick for the side, so I still think he will go on to do it um, and uh, and bag himself a seat in Formula 1 as well. I don't know where, uh, but I think he will. So, um, yeah, I think that is pretty much it, guys. Wrapped up the season so far. Aaron, just one quick word. Um, you know, been an enjoyable first half of the season. Uh, how much are you looking forward to the second half of the season? Do you know what? I can't wait because there have been points where I've looked forward to watching Formula 2 more than Formula 1 because it's just so unpredictable. There's so much competition. Um, if, you, if you're if you new to Formula 2, you have picked a good time to get into Formula 2 because it's just so competitive. The field in Formula 3 is super competitive as well. So it's only going to stay as competitive as this unless we have a a sort of freakish season like Felipe Drogovic did last year where he just wins a load of races and then can't be caught and just super consistent. But it's so competitive. You literally don't know who's going to win from one weekend to the next. And that's why we love F2. It's just so good. It's so much fun. So much fun, so entertaining. The quality is so good. I think I said earlier on in the season as well that I, for me, this is the most competitive um, field of drivers we've seen in Formula 2 since 2018. Everyone, there's so much talent everywhere you look. Um, Jenny, what round are you looking forward to the most between now and the end of the season? Is there one particular round that, that stands out for you on the calendar that we haven't been to so far? It just have to be Silverstone. Yeah, I think every single time it's always Silverstone, Bahrain, Monza as well are always the highlights, so definitely. And Monza and Silverstone. Absolutely, yeah. A brilliant first half of the season. So much to look forward to in the second half of the season. And the next time we will be doing a, a review will be the end of season review where we'll know our winner. Um, and uh, yeah, it'll be great to look back at all of our predictions pre-season and mid-season and we can laugh at ourselves and how wrong we were. Um, but that's all we got time for today. My thanks to Aaron and to Jenny for joining us on today's show. If you've enjoyed the show, make sure you go and give it a like and subscribe to hear more Formula 2 content. Get involved in the conversation as well on our social media channels. We love hearing your thoughts and opinions, and it really does mean an awful lot to us when you do get involved. But from me, Fraser Ford, and all of us here at Inside F2, we'll see you next time.